You're listening to Conversations, the official podcast of the George C. Marshall European Center for Security Studies, recorded at the center in Garmisch, Germany. Conversations offers insights from Marshall Center faculty and guests discussing items of interest, including cybersecurity, counterterrorism, transnational organized crime, and other events that occur at this unique German-American defense and security partnership. Welcome to Conversations, recorded at the Marshall Center in Garmisch, Germany. I'm Jason Tudor, the Public Affairs Officer for the Marshall Center, and today I have a couple of special guests with me to talk about PTSS, the Program on Terrorism and Security Studies. U.S. Army Colonel Joseph King is the Director of the Program on Terrorism and Security Studies. He's a graduate of VMI and the University of North Carolina with education in history as well as Russian and Eastern European studies. He is a U.S. Army Foreign Area Officer and wears the Special Forces and Ranger tabs. Before joining the Marshall Center staff. He was the Deputy Chief of Security Assistance Office in Pakistan. U.S. Marine Corps Major Daryl Simone is my other guest. He's the Deputy Director for PTSS. He served in a variety of jobs for the Marines for almost 23 years as both an enlisted Marine and a Marine officer. Some of those jobs include being a tow gunner and an international affairs officer, among a myriad of other duties. He's a graduate of the University of Washington. He's also a Russian speaker. Major Simone served in Iraq as a police advisory team leader and then at Camp Camp Pendleton, California, where he commanded the communications company of Combat Logistics Regiment 17 before joining the Marshall Center. So I mentioned that today we're talking about the Program on Terrorism and Security Studies. That's a four-week transnational course taught in residence at the Marshall Center. We've done that since 2005. For this particular iteration, the course will see about 70 participants from 40 countries. We spoke to both of these officers about midway through the Olympic Games in Sochi, Russia. We talked about terrorism in that area, the North Caucasus in the Sochi region uh, in that area, and how the PTSS program is having an effect on the world, and how the course is evolving over time. It's good to have you. Thank you for doing the podcast today. I guess let's start out with more of a history question. You know, we've done this for a while. So I guess I would start out with, you know, we've, we've done two iterations of this for for over a year, for several years, and, and the way it started. But how do we keep a course like the program on terrorism and security studies fresh? What, what is the thing that kind of each course someone comes in and goes, I'm going to learn something new or I'm coming to this course because versus maybe the discussion that, well, 9-11 is kind of in our rearview mirror. We're getting out of Iraq. We're moving, you know, we're, our, our situation in Afghanistan is changing. How would either of you talk to that? Yeah, um, I, I think I would address that really the the environment continuously changes. So, uh, we, every course that we present, we have a challenge of trying to keep it relevant to, to the participants. Uh, since 9-11, of course, that was a, an event that made terrorism probably the most prominent security uh, issue on the agenda globally. Uh, it's still a big issue. Terrorism didn't start on 9-11, uh, but I think since, since that time, in the past 13 years, what we've tried to do is address uh, how societies manage the challenge of terrorism with limited resources. Uh, we have a global economic uh, crisis that everybody's faced with. Um, the other problem uh, and the other challenge for us when we try to keep the course fresh is the kind of emerging trends in terrorism. So things like uh, the convergence of other transnational threats, transnational crime, illicit trafficking, uh, cyber, the, the use of the internet by terrorists, uh, the potential for cyber terrorism, these are the sort of things, but probably the most important thing is that we find speakers who are uh, current on these topics and speakers and material for the course that's not just um, 
based on theory, but that's based on practice. Mm -hmm. Major DeSimone, what is it, I mean, we talk about this course a lot uh, in the course of the year, and one of the things that always comes to my mind is there's a waiting list to get into PTSS. I mean, it's, it's, it is, without using a lot of hyperbole, a world-renowned course. What keeps it so popular with the pros who want to attend and why? One of the things that uh, is key to this particular situation is that not everybody does get in. We make sure that the participants who make it into the course, mm-hmm. well, that they're professionals right. in combating terrorism and counterterrorism. Mm-hmm. They come from all sorts of job titles, but we screen them to make sure that they're either doing this type of job mm-hmm. or they're definitely going to this type of, type of job. Right. And so they all know what they're getting. Uh, we also stress the contacts they, that they make with each other. Uh, that's important because it, it's been said that it takes a network to defeat a network. Right. And um, they walk away from the Marshall Center and the PTSS with many more contacts in their field that they can use the next time that they have a situation and they have to pick up a phone and call somebody, Mm -hmm. there's a good chance that they know that person on the other side. Mm -hmm. Colonel King, you know, participants here for about five weeks, you've taken this time to vet them, and as Major DeSimone mentioned, they come from different backgrounds and things like that. What's your expectation? What do you want them to come here with, and what do you want them to walk away with? Right. Well, first of all, uh, one of the new um, elements of our course is four weeks now. Four weeks now. So a little bit shorter than it has been in the past. But um, what we what we like our participants to come with, and, and Major Simone just talked about this a little bit, they should come with experience in the field. Um, they should be either practitioners or on the policy side of combating terrorism, um, from various different ministries that are involved in these sorts of things. So they come with that background. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want them to come with an open mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want them to learn, be willing to share their experiences and, and learn from each other. And that's really the dynamic of the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we have a, a formal curriculum, but probably the most lasting learning occurs in the discussion between the participants. And quite frankly, we learn quite a bit from them as well. And. As an offshoot, I think this four weeks is also interesting because PTSS is one of our transnational courses, and therefore it brings in participants who are from worldwide locations and not necessarily from from the region. I imagine that that helps inspire the conversation. Yeah, it really does. Mm -hmm. I I mean, uh, the manifestations of terrorism are very different in different parts of the globe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have a guy from Bogota or a guy from Bangkok. Uh, They're going to have different perspectives about the threat and different perspectives about how to deal with the threat. Mm -hmm. I think we've got 40 countries participating in this particular PTSS. Yeah, and speaking of this particular PTSS, and, and I know we, we tend to use the same shell to do things, but if you could, how will this PTSS be different from other PTSSs? I mean, I, what, what would you say would be the biggest emphasis this time around? Well, the truth is that uh, we fairly consistently update the curriculum. So although it's very similar to past PTSSs mm-hmm. in our approach, and in the spirit that we that we deal with the issue, the curriculum has been rewritten in many ways to take into account some of the newer threats. Mm. And so, when you're looking at you know the terror threat nexus uh, or the ter- the terror um, corruption uh, nexus, you, you have um, a bit of a different focus. Um, in in the past, we we focused on maybe. Uh, weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. or or other aspects in this particular time what we're working on is 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 
kind of trying to figure out where has a terrorist group like Al-Qaeda gone and mm. how have they changed into the future? Right. Um, are they on the decline or are the um, are the the splinter groups from Al-Qaeda uh, more of a, a, a world uh, phenomenon that, that we're going to be expecting into the future? Mm-hmm. So we have so much instability throughout the Middle East and North Africa mm-hmm. that... Um, yeah, th- these are things that we're definitely worried about, and that doesn't, you know, take into account the fact that um, when you talk about uh, uh, how the internet and the media and and the pervasiveness of social media mm-hmm. has has kind of leveled the playing field, um, all of these things, you know, we've in- incorporated into the curriculum to make it as current as possible. Okay, anything to? Yeah, I, I think um, one of the other aspects too, when we talked about the. Uh, um, the resource constraints that we all live under. And I think we try to put a, a greater emphasis now on um, risk assessment. So there's always sort of this guns and butter trade-off. Uh, all of our countries face a lot of different security challenges. Um, so how many resources do we put against the problem of terrorism? Right. You know, what is the imminence of the threat and how severe could the impacts be? So that's something that we've always had as part of the curriculum, but I think it has added importance uh, in the economic times we live in now. Which I think dovetails nicely into what are some of the challenges in putting together a course like this? I imagine there can be challenges in just trying to communicate what, you know, what the United States and Germany and others feel is important about terrorism and counterterrorism, but what do you see as some of the challenges? Um, I, I think the first challenge is getting the right people in the course, mm-hmm. and, and we do fairly well at that. Uh, we try to keep it as diverse as possible um, to draw on different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Um, the other challenge is really uh, I don't expect that our participants will leave here with the exact same perception of terrorism. But what we're really striving for is that sort of intellectual interoperability where people are speaking the same uh, language and they understand the concepts. But uh, the challenge is really getting uh, the participants, drawing them out so that they can share their experiences and maybe help the other participants see things from a different angle. Mm. Recently, the the leader of this course, Nick Pratt, passed away uh, December 28th, 2013. He was as integral to this course as anybody was in making that go and making those kinds of things happen. What does losing a figurehead like that, Major DeSimone, mean, and and how do you shift? What do you do? What's the adjustment? Right. Well, um, as most people who knew him would agree, Nick Pratt was a a larger-than-life figure. Um, He was a dynamic personality. He basically started the PTSS, and in some ways, by force of will, he continued to develop it and and bring it forward. And um, a person like that is impossible mm-hmm. to replace. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not we're not even trying to replace him in in that respect. What we're trying to do is to continue on in in the vision and in the spirit of what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been difficult. He, uh, I worked for him for two years, mm-hmm. saw him every day. He was a mentor to me, and um, he is definitely missed. And, uh, you know, the best that we can do is to carry out um, his legacy and and kind of keep the course within the spirit of what he was trying mm-hmm. to do, and, and I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. I wanted to... 
I thought about my next question a little bit, and, and, and I, th I wanted to shift the focus a little bit. We're recording this right in the middle of the 2014 Sochi Olympics, and we, we talk about threats and things like that. So I wonder if part of the dialogue in PTSS isn't about sort of what the Russians and others have done to kind of protect Olympians and things like that. And do you see that as a sort of counter-terror success, or how, do you, how would you look at that? Yeah, you know, that was very much uh, at the front of all of our minds, the timing of, of this course, which will start really days after the end of the, the Olympics in Sochi. And uh, after some of the, the incidents in, in Volgograd in late December mm -hmm. and certainly in, hype in the media about potential for terrorist attacks, um, we've been watching this closely. And, and certainly we, we hope and pray that nothing uh, happens during the course of the Olympics, but... Um, history has told us that these major events can can be uh, very attractive targets to these types of groups. Mm -hmm. We're lucky uh, in that regard, and actually this was really the foresight of Nick Pratt uh, months and months ago. He reached out to uh, a retired Army officer who was actually working for NBC Sports mm -hmm. uh, as a security analyst. Rob Schaefer? Rob Schaefer, right. yeah. Right. Uh, and he will come to uh, PTSS to talk about... Uh, Terrorism in the North Caucasus, mm -hmm. uh, which he's he's written about and and studied extensively. However, it gives us the added benefit of having a guy who's on the ground in Sochi now right. who will be able to give us some of the context of that. So um, it'll be interesting to see. The Russians have taken a lot of proactive measures. They have this what do they call it the the Ring of Steel or something around the uh, right. Olympic compound, and so far so good. And and I hope uh, I hope things stay as tranquil as they have been. Yeah, absolutely. A simple question. Has PTSS helped? And if so, how? I mean, what, what would be some of the things that people would point to and go, you know, maybe average Joe on the street or anybody at all would say, yeah, that PTSS course has done what? Well, <clears throat> that's a good question. And, and, and the answer is, well, this type of thing is difficult sometimes to measure mm -hmm. because uh, sometimes you don't see a benefit uh, until five, ten years later when a participant is put in a situation or a former participant in the, in the PTSS right. is put into a situation where they have to use what they learned or call upon that network that we, that we are building. Mm -hmm. What I can say, you know, anecdotally is, is we do get feedback from past participants. And in one particular case, there was an Eastern European country that uh, hadn't really had any terrorism problems. Mm -hmm. And the individual that, that attended the course um, even wasn't sure why he was build or writing um, a combating terrorism strategy for, for his nation mm -hmm. and uh, because he, they hadn't had any terrorism. And we told him that basically it's a good exercise just in case it ever happens. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in this, this particular case, it did. And he was actually called up to his, you know, national leadership with that particular strategy to kind of brief what he had learned and what he had written. Mm -hmm. And that was the starting point for them to build okay. their national strategy. So mm -hmm. that, I know that's an anecdote, but um, we have had uh, several stories about this type of thing happening, uh, as well as participants telling us, I picked up the phone and had to call somebody from this country mm -hmm. right, or that country, and I knew who the person was on the other side. Once we fi figured out that we were both graduates of the PTSS, mm -hmm. it was much easier to work together. Which is why I think that four weeks of lodging together and eating together and being part of the course is so important, I would absolutely. think. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's one of the things that the Marshall Center brings. It, it, they've called it the Marshall Center experience, but 
with the students uh, billeting and, and living together mm-hmm. and going through the entire course together and eating together and spending all that time, uh, they do form links that, that last for, right. for quite a long time. And speaking of the links, uh, Marshall Center alumni will, will pass 10,000 alumni with the next PTSS. How important is this? Uh, you know, we do these community of interest events from time to time, once or twice a year. Um, how important is that? Because that is absolutely one of the Marshall Center's charters to kind of keep up with alumni, keep up with what they're doing. How important is that for you guys to sustain that network, to kind of keep in touch with them and, and kind of keep that network vibrant? I think it's probably key to what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, if participants come through the PTSS and leave the Marshall Center and never contact us again, mm-hmm. um, they're less likely to contact each other. Mm-hmm. And when we're trying to keep this network vibrant, we use several tools. Uh, we put out a daily newsletter called the PTSS Daily, right. which is a, a, a curated terrorism newsletter that kind of uh, grabs open source information and and puts it together by theme or, and by region. And our alumni affairs office basically sends that out to all of the PTSS alumni right. and gets a lot of feedback from them. And, and so our alumni affairs uh, folks and our participants have that link every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we've started using more is we have been trying to leverage, you know, Facebook. We have a PTSS Facebook page uh, where there's a lot of activity. Yeah. We use LinkedIn. We use Twitter. So as an institution uh, in trying to stay current, mm-hmm. social media is basically one of those things that it's not going anywhere. It's only going to get more pervasive and yeah. And we find that we get a lot of feedback from participants um, by using that social media, and it's a great feedback loop. Yeah, Colonel King, you're 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 the FNG, the fairly new guy, as we say in the military <laughs> vernacular, or something along those lines. Thank you for noting that. <laughs> uh, but on, on, on a serious note, this is your your first one of these leading these, and and I almost feel bad asking this question, but what does a PTSS look like? five years from now. So, you know, you're, you're going to go into this, obviously you're going to get your hands bloody with a lot of things, but as you've done the work uh, up to now, what do you see as being this course looking like five years from now? Yeah, I mean, to answer that question, you have to think about what's the world going to look like five right. years from now, and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's, a, that's a challenge for anybody who's in the, in the national security business. Um, I kind of like the... Uh, the quote from Wayne Gretzky, uh, maybe you've heard it, the famous Canadian hockey player, but he said, you know, I don't, I don't play the puck where it is, I skate to where the puck's going to be. Mm. So that's what right. we try to do is anticipate uh, where things are going. And the only way you can do that with any degree of, of um, you know, hopeful success is by looking at the trends and what's emerging mm. now. Uh, so I, I think we're on that path right now. We're, we're starting to see that. With the withdrawal of, of U.S. forces from Afghanistan, um, with the continuing developments from the so-called Arab Spring, uh, everyone's keeping their ear to the ground to see what these mean for uh, security dynamics mm-hmm. globally and, and certainly in certain regions. Um, I think that that's going to change the picture somewhat. I think that terrorism is going to continue to be a problem. Uh, we're not going to eliminate it, but we can certainly... Um, we can certainly reduce it, and mm-hmm. and there are plenty of examples. And this is something we really try to stress in the course of successes in combating terrorism. So, uh, what's the course going to look like in five to ten years? I imagine a lot of the elements will be similar in that 
we'll look at the, the dynamics of terrorism, the motivations of terrorists, um, and we'll look at how we get after the problem. Mm -hmm. So the different interagency uh, cooperation things that we can do uh, to collaboratively work in a couple different ways. First, left of boom. You know, before things happen, how can we prevent uh, the sort of preconditions for terrorism? Left of boom. I don't <laughs> and then if you say, if you look at a timeline, it's <laughs> a, and then right of boom, of course, is how do we respond and react yeah. when, when we can't stop something from happening and, and how do we build resilience in our society so we can recover from it more quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so fair question, what's, what's going to look like in five years? Uh, I, I think it's going to, we're going to continue to keep our ear to the ground and adjust course by course and, and try to keep it as relevant as yeah. possible. I'd like to add that the resilience... So you're the wily veteran here <laughs> of the PTSS. How, what would you add to that? I was going to say that the resilience is one of the most important things to, to try to build into your society because despite how much effort we put into um, adapting and staying current and anticipating the next trends, we're going to get things wrong. It happens. Um, you know, history is so full of examples of experts being wrong. Nobody saw the Soviet Union was going to fall, and it did. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody, uh, they called it a failure of imagination when we didn't, ex we didn't um, anticipate the World Trade Center being attacked by airplanes. Mm -hmm. So we will get things wrong. And when we do, um, hopefully, obviously, it's very rare that that happens. But when it does, we have to be resilient. And we have to, to carry on. And we basically have to know that by carrying on and continuing on and not giving up and not giving in, it, that's one of the things that makes sure that individuals and groups like this, well, make sure that they don't win. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you for your time. I appreciate you taking time out before the course starts to talk a little bit about that and familiarize uh, some folks out there who might not at all know what uh, we do in this regard, and it's been very helpful. I appreciate your time. Thank well, you very much. Thank, thank you for listening to Conversations, the official podcast of the George C. Marshall European Center for Security Studies. The opinions and views expressed here are not necessarily those of the Marshall Center, the Department of Defense, the German Ministry of Defense, or any other entity affiliated with the Marshall Center. More from the Marshall Center is available on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media channels, and at www.marshallcenter.org. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.